Today on the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts, can a uh, can an overrated no talent rapper who happens to be a man be pregnant? God, I hope not. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, the NFL wasting money on uh, needless needless uh, stickers on helmets and uh, the people who don't like it because they don't think it goes far enough to fight the pretend racism that they see every time they open their eyes. Oh, the minds of the race pimps, my friends. Very sad. We'll talk a little bit about the story of Candace Owens being denied a COVID test by some some self-righteous person who apparently is really concerned about COVID and testing because it protects many other people than the person being tested. Apparently, they don't mind endangering people by denying service to this person. We're going to hear the outrage that Texas is going to actually stand up for honest history being taught in our schools. Oh, the root, the race pimps at the root, they are big mad, folks. Big mad, the, uh, the narrative is what they love. Uh, we're going to look at Ferguson, Missouri and a, a mixed martial arts fighter. And how the media continues to push false narratives about Michael Brown, the officer who shot him, Darren Wilson, in Ferguson, Missouri. And how this this, this has to stop. And a story that uh, made me sick to my stomach when I read it. And uh, is just disgusting at, at uh, the destruction of our history, monuments, and uh, just the the moral rot that affects the left today. All that and more, my friends, today on the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts. Oh, yeah. Don't forget, we're going to kick this pig. Away we go, my friends. A Friday edition of the Daily Gator Daily Thoughts. And looking at a story here about a rapper, entertainer, whatever, Little Nas X. Uh, I guess he's the guy who had a big hit with Billy Ray, Lack of Talent Cyrus. Uh, what is it? Uh, Old Cowboy Road or the Old Town Road? 
just it was it was a kind of a catchy tune. Uh, again, kind of like uh, I guess "Achy Breaky Heart" for Billy Ray Cyrus. The song was actually decent song, and, and it just got overplayed. Now everyone mocks it for being completely stupid. But Little Nas X is a guy who who uh, knows the art of publicity. He or someone affiliated with him. And he has these ways of, he had a, uh, I believe a line of shoes with Nike that actually had some of his blood in the, I guess the Nike swoosh, which was red. I mean, dude, really? Uh, and he is a flamboyant guy. And I've never, I don't like the music. I don't like rap. I don't like hip hop. It's not my genre. I can't get into it. That's okay. I don't have to to each his own but people magazine has uh has released an exclusive interview about little nas x's what he calls his pregnancy now he may be gay i believe if not he missed a really good chance but uh, he's not pregnant because a he's a man quick biological fact that will drive leftists crazy in it and make them accuse me of all types of nasty behaviors. Men can't have babies. Females have babies. No, 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 no. Not birthing people. Birthing women. Birthing females have babies. Men don't have babies. Men can father babies. In fact, it takes a man to father a baby. And then the mother bears the child, and she has the baby. Again, not birthing people. Follow the science, leftists, which always tell us to do. Well, you follow the damn science. Babies in the womb are alive. They're human beings. And yes, women get pregnant and have babies. Again, if the science is too tough for you, Get a shovel, give it to a friend, have the friend hit you upside the head with a shovel, and maybe they'll jar something loose in your demented little mind and make you realize that, oh, yeah, birthing people is a BS term. Women have babies, okay? Those are the only people who have babies are women. That's the way nature, biology, and, you know, how those things work. Now, he doesn't mean he's actually pregnant, but he's uh, released a picture on Instagram, which I guess if you really want to go look at this, uh, this uh, whatever the hell he is, uh, you can see the picture. It's him with some flowers around his head uh, and a white, uh, like a white gown. And it's, it's made to look like he's pregnant. His belly looks like a pregnant woman's. Uh, and he's pregnant with what? <clears throat> Actually, he's just promoting his new album. And uh, again, I guess it's a some way to get publicity. It makes up for the fact that he has no musical talent. And a lot of people fall for this. A lot of people make big deals with this. Again, this new album's out. And, and if you take the time to watch the people performing... It's like, this is garbage. Somebody asked a question on the Gutfeld show a few weeks ago, and I thought the best answer to the question was given by Tyrus. But 
the question was, why is classic rock still so popular? <clears throat> and Tyrus had, I think, the best answer and one I didn't think of. The fact is, you can watch videos of Eric Clapton, the Eagles, Bob Seger, Fleetwood Mac, Led Zeppelin. Uh, you can go on down the line. And you can see actual musicians playing actual musical instruments. You can see a drummer. You can watch the bass player. You can watch the rhythm guitar, the lead guitar, the keyboardist, if they have a keyboardist in the band. You can actually watch musicians, talented musicians, making great music right there. It's not some computer-generated, manufactured BS. It's actual music played by musicians, and I think that adds something to it. Uh, <clears throat> because, frankly, today's music, for the most part, I mean, the pop has no soul. And so much of country music, to me, is is uh, kind of like kind of like trying to virtue signal how country these performers are and the accents are generally overdone and I, I don't know I've never been a fan of country music I, there's some good songs out there but uh, a lot of it is just it's just not for me I guess I should say but this is a big story apparently and my question would be and you just ponder this one I'll go to another topic why do people waste time commenting or or calling people like little nas x really talented and it's it makes us it gives some publicity but why would it make you want to listen to the music there's no musical ability there really it's just whatever it's just publicity look at this story it's outrageous so you must buy my new CD, or you must actually, I'm dating myself now. Uh, at least I didn't say 8-track. But but you have to go and uh, download the music somewhere, Napster or or uh, iTunes or wherever the hell. Does iTunes still exist, I assume? Apple Music or Spotify or something. Uh, by the way, you can go to Spotify and hear this podcast. Did you know that? That's right, you can. Uh, but let's move on to something else, folks. <clears throat> let's move on to another thing that kind of amazes me. There's a big story right now <clears throat> uh, about... Uh, Emma Nolan wrote about it on Newsweek. <clears throat> Who is Susanna Lee? COVID test center owner praised for refusing to serve Candace Owens. We all know Candace Owens... I noticed her on YouTube a few years ago and said, wow, that's a beautiful woman. First thing I noticed because I'm a guy. Uh, but she was doing conservative things and uh, trying to push for the Blexit. That's black people exiting the Democratic Party, getting off that plantation, thinking outside the box they're supposed to stay in at all costs. And, and opening their minds up and saying, hey, maybe maybe conservatism can work. Maybe these are good policies for me. And the left has hated on Candace Owens a long time. Said some really terrible things about her. Uh, the fact is, Candace Owens, to me, seems like she, she has a good ability to create publicity for herself. And anyone the left hates that much 
it's got to be pretty sharp and pretty accurate in their ideology. Uh, I think sometimes Candace Owens maybe goes overboard with, with the self-promotion, and that always makes me question at some level. I'm not saying she's Ann Coulter, because Ann Coulter, I realized a few years ago, would literally say anything to get publicity, and now she's pretty much forgotten. And she's forgotten because she got away from what made her famous. Because I don't believe she ever really held those values. I can remember Rush Limbaugh say, Rush Limbaugh, Dennis Prager, Michael Medved, so many people <clears throat> believe in conservatism. And they will fight for it. They're not about themselves first. I couldn't say that about Ann Coulter after a while, and it turns out I was right. Uh, she was a self-promoting hack. <clears throat> but the fact is, uh, I don't know Candace Owens to judge her. I like a lot of the things she says. And she's been pretty big on uh, talking about COVID. And to some people, she's become anti-vaxxer. I don't think so. I just read a quote from her that basically said, if you want to get a vaccine or not, that's your choice. There is no right choice. There's no wrong choice, basically. So she's not an anti-vaxxer. It's completely unfair uh, to call her that. But this story came out a couple days ago, maybe. Uh, the woman who refused to serve Candace Owens with the COVID test is receiving high praise on Twitter for her email to the conservative pundit. Now, who's giving this, this person who co-founded this clinic? which is doing COVID tests. Why are they getting praise? They're not getting praise for doing the right thing morally or ethically or professionally because this woman didn't. Any To me, if you're really concerned about COVID and you think one of the biggest things is testing for it, because if someone suspects they might have it and you turn them away for strictly ideological reasons or you don't like something that person said, that person can then go infect other people. Sure, even if they find another place to get a test. After the time they leave where you could test them, they could still spread the virus, right? If they have it. So if you're really concerned with testing as many people or vaccinating, whichever it would be, then by God, do it. And you can say, look, I don't like the thing you say. I think you're wrong. I think you're whatever. But we're going to test you because we think that is more important than my personal feelings. But this person, Susanna Lee, did not do that. So people praising Susanna Lee for doing something bold and brave? No, I'm calling BS on that. Lee is a co-founder of Aspen Laboratories in Colorado. <clears throat> and she's making headlines after Owen shared her email refusing to fire brand a COVID test because of her anti-vaccine views. Again, <coughs> Candace Owens has said she's never getting the vaccine. Uh, but she has not really criticized others for doing it that I can find, frankly. But on Instagram Live, <clears throat> I once read out an email written by Lee that said she would be refused a COVID test. Owens, that is, would be refused a COVID test because we cannot support anyone who has proactively worked to make this pandemic worse by spreading misinformation. Again, I don't think Candace Owens has tried to make the pandemic worse. I think that's a baseless charge. And again, if it's such a, a concern for Susanna Lee, that, I mean, she co-founded 
all right, uh, this clinic in Aspen, Aspen Laboratories. And she's made a big deal out of testing people and the importance, well, then the, the biggest thing you would do, despite who's sitting in the chair asking to get tested, you would test them if you're consistent with the values that you espouse. So there's some so there's some political self-promoting from Susanna Lee here, in my opinion. Uh, Owens, who is vehemently opposed to receiving a COVID vac vaccination for herself. I believe she said her husband had it. Uh, and thankfully, good for him. He uh, he got it better. And she so, uh, shared her email correspondence with Lee with her 2.9 million followers. Candace Owens has 2.9 million followers on Instagram, which is only 2.9 million more than I have. Uh, really, I just started doing stuff on Instagram just very recently. I uh, still haven't completely figured out how to use it well. I'm not a big person for putting pictures of myself up there. Uh, I don't know. I figure who the hell wants to know what I look like. I'm 56. I'm a white guy. I got uh, I got a belly, okay. I'm I'm you know I'm past my prime. Of course, I'm not past the expiration date. Thank God. Hopefully, I'm not even close. But again, I, I don't look like Candace Owens. <clears throat> and yeah, she is popular for many reasons. You you go and read people or go to their Instagram page or Facebook, whatever. Because of things you like they, that they say and things you don't like. I do it every day when I do show prep. I go around, I go to the links, I go here, I go there, and I look for stories that I think will be interesting that interest me. Because if they don't interest me, I can't make it interesting for you. And this show is about you. Period. That's it. That's why I do this show. And if I happen to someday get lucky and the right people hear me, I get rich doing it. Yeah, I'll take that, definitely. Uh, she told Owen she could go to the uh, town's only other testing facility, uh, which is by City Hall. <clears throat> but again, uh, she said, we cannot support anyone who has proactively worked to make this pandemic worse by spreading misinformation, politicizing, and discouraging the wearing of masks and actively dissuading people from receiving life-saving vaccinations, Lee wrote. Well, uh, Owens responded, calling her a rabid activist uh, who declined to give her a test. Plus, my response to her, she clearly isn't stable enough to work in health and is a danger to the Aspen community. Again, that language is overkill. That's a little bit of self-promoting from Candace Owens. But she's right. Why would you not seek? Why would you not see to get everybody tested that you could? That would be one of the first things you would do. And uh, again, to me, testing people, getting people vaccinated should be more important to Susanna Lee than uh, promoting herself or promoting her views. Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it be more than a petty squabble between two, two people? If you're serious about doing it, just throwing it out there, folks. And now, my friends, let's move to the great states of Texas, where I formerly resided. Uh, and The Root, which is the, if you want a website that is 
completely partisan, completely uninhibited with anything factual, which hates white people, hates America, hates capitalism, hates everything, especially, especially black people who aren't uh, woke enough, who think incorrect thoughts. Uh, go to the root. It is a, uh, it really is a, a nest of, of uh, just an intellectual wasteland that shows how, how ugly leftism really is. This piece is by Stephen A. Crockett Jr. And it's about Texas. And according to Stephen A. Crockett, Crockett is in what he writes is usually a Crockett at you-know-what. Uh, Texas continues to erase American history as reworked critical race theory bill heads to Governor Abbott's desk. Well, Governor Greg Abbott is going to sign this, and basically this bill is to uh, prevent the teaching of the horse shit uh, that is, I'm sorry, that was unfair. It was unfair to describe critical race theory as horseshit. It should aptly be described as a steaming pile of useless horseshit. That's more accurate. And communist propaganda. But uh, Stephen A. Crockett is very, very unhappy. People who are very unhappy, they're offended. And uh, see if you can denote some bias in what Mr. Crockett writes or Maybe someone wrote for him. I don't know. Anyway, someone was wielding the crayons on the construction paper really heavy. There was a lot of anger in this piece. Apparently, the guilt of American history is just too much for white people to handle. So the push to erase America's greatest sin from public schools continues as a reworked version of an earlier bill heads to Texas. Governor Greg Abbott's desk for signature. First, can you say run on sentence, boys and girls? But the fact is, note the use of the term white people. The root is about as openly racist as you can be. And look, it's America, freedom of speech. That's your, that's your liberty to do that. And I would uh, always fully defend your right, Mr. Crockett, to write the horse manure that you write. I don't, why any, I don't understand why anyone would wish to read it or believe it. I mean... I stumbled on the root a few years ago, and it's like, are you serious? This has to be a parody site. Yeah, apparently it's not. They really take themselves that seriously. But let's let's look at uh, the lie that this bill is to erase America's greatest sin from school books. I went to public school in the 70s. <clears throat> Graduate in the early 80s. And I never saw a history book that did not mention slavery, as long as it was American history, that did not mention slavery and did not clearly show how bad, evil, twisted, ugly, and despicable slavery is, was, and always has been. But these books did not teach that America was founded solely, solely to be a white supremacist uh, slave endorsing country because it wasn't. <clears throat> Slavery was a reality when America was first uh, 
first had white feet set on it from Europe. So uh, that made its way here. Slavery's been around forever. I mean, as long as human history goes back, there's been slavery. There still is slavery. Of course, Mr. Crockett never writes about that type of slavery where he might actually do some good and raise awareness. No, he'd rather race pimps because that's basically what he gets paid to do. <clears throat> Whatever. Like I said, his business, how he makes his money. And if he can do that with a clear conscience, he really does need Jesus, quite frankly. Uh, but the uh, Texas House, after a 81-43 vote, Yesterday afternoon, the bill went to the Senate where lawmakers quickly accept, accepted the House's changes. The bill leads uh, heads to Abbott with significant changes from what the Senate originally approved in early August, according to the Texas Tribune. Uh, a critical race theory bill had already been signed during the regular session, but Abbott noted that there needed to be more done to the bill to abolish uh, critical race theory in Texas classrooms. In other words, the governor does not want lies taught to children. He doesn't want leftist indoctrination taught to children. That should be taught if someone wants to teach it. They should do that, but not in the classroom. Not in public school, not in private school, not in a church-affiliated school, in no school, because it is a lie to teach kids that they are victims Everyone's based on their race. That's the value of you is your race. And if you identify by what they tell you that you should identify. Okay. You're black. You're Hispanic. So this means you identify this way. You think these things and that's it. Otherwise, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're being lied to. You're being victimized. It's about victimization, oppressor. It's about America being solely founded on, on uh, slavery, white supremacism, blah, 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 blah. In other words, again, it is a complete, useless, stinking pile of horse manure. It is straight from communism. That's where critical race theory comes from. It evolved from critical theory. The Soviet, uh, the Russian Revolution, the Soviets came to power in Russia using this, this Marxist ideology based on class. Critical theory was based on your, your class. Rich versus poor, has versus have-nots. Critical race theory takes that concept but expands it to include racial uh, groups. And again, it seeks to taint you as a black person, a white person, whatever color you are, you are defined by that. You're never to be defined as an individual. Why? Again, Marxism which birthed, birthed, all the, birthed all these little bastardisms, these little evil little isms, communism, socialism, uh, you name it, is based, are all based on collectivism. Everything's collective. There are no individuals allowed. We must have equality, now called equity. And to achieve that, everyone must be the same. And as, uh, as uh, Milton Friedman famously said, you can have liberty or you can have equality. You can't have both. Because in a free society, you can aspire to be what you want to be, and some people make that, some people don't. You can be a successful restaurateur. 
But you know what? There's going to be people more successful than you. There's going to be people less successful. There is no equality. It's equality of opportunity. That's one of the founding principles of America. Equality is not one of our founding principles. Except for equality, equal protection under the law, which is, of course, a wonderful thing. And equal protection under the law also includes what? It includes due process. It includes being tried by a jury of your peers, being presumed innocent until proven guilty. The left doesn't believe in those things. The left believes you should be judged by your race, period. Not evidence of the crime committed, one person against another, but of the race of the people. The left, again, are collectivists. The right are individualists. The founders believed in individualism. People had the right. Individuals had the rights. And yes, of course, there was slavery in the country. I've explained this many times. But the, the country was not founded on it. If it was founded on the idea of white supremacy, perpetual slavery, and racism, the Constitution, the Bill of, the, uh, Bill of Rights, the First Ten Amendments to the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, other things, many things our founders wrote and spoke at the Constitutional Convention would not have been said or written. It would never have said the right, to, uh, the right to peaceably assemble. It would not say what the First Amendment says about the freedom of the press and freedom of speech and to peaceably assemble. It wouldn't say the right to keep and bear arms is an individual right, which it says. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. If you read our Constitution, all the rights are presumed to exist before America, before the Constitution. America was founded on protecting those liberties that come from above, natural rights, God-given rights, if you will. And the mechanisms to change, to amend the Constitution, were also there. If the founders really wanted to found a, a white-only uh White, uh, white racist superiority, uh, a nation based on those things, the Constitution would not look, look. It would say specifically the rights of the white race. They could have put that in there. They didn't. They chose their words wisely. They were wise men. And many of the, the most eloquent quotes against slavery come from some of the founders, like George Mason had a ton of them. Others from Jefferson, from Franklin, the fact, and from Madison and others. The fact is, this country was founded by wise men that knew change would come. And the mechanism to embrace that change did come. And what the left will never tell you, certainly what Stephen A. Crockett Jr. will never tell you, because he's a race pimp. He'll never share with you that America's sins he always focuses on and talks about and pretend that they still exist, quite frankly. We've corrected those. Women aren't disenfranchised. There is no more slavery. There is no more Jim Crow. There is no more segregation. There is no more separate but equal. All those things are gone. America had many sins at its beginning. 
America still has sins. Every nation has sins because all people have sins and shortcomings and faults. And governments, no matter how big or powerful, are made up of people. And there's a lot of problems in America. But the problems, the original problems of, of racism, segregation, slavery, disenfranchisement of women, etc., etc., yes, those were sins. Sins we have as a nation atoned for, and that's something Mr. Crockett will never tell you. And he can lie all day about how uh, critical race theory should be taught because it's the truth. It's not the truth. This bill is not about eliminating the teaching of, of uh, America and all the warts that came with it and the faults and the shortcomings. And this bill is not about stopping uh, the teaching about slavery and how bad it was. No, this bill is to stop communist theory from being taught as facts to children. It's about protecting kids from learning to hate themselves and judge everyone, including themselves and everyone around them by their skin color or their class. Critical race theory is an abomination to all decent people. That's why this bill was needed to make sure it is not taught to children in Texas. And by God, that should be a law in every damn state. And I don't care what Stephen Crockett Jr. thinks or what he thinks he's supposed to write or if he wants to pretend to be a victim, if he wants to hate white people, wants to hate America. Notice how no matter how much he hates America, you know where he lives, right? Because he wouldn't be making the money he makes, I guarantee you, living anywhere else. Again, he's a leech. He doesn't mind leeching off the society and the country and our principles of freedom and liberty. He doesn't mind exercising those and celebrating, and not celebrating, but, but being protected by them. And yeah, those rights include trashing the country that he leeches off of. So there, Mr. Stephen A. Crockett Jr., Texas isn't erasing history. It's trying to get actual history taught to protect kids from grifters and race pimps like you. And there was another story I was going to do from the route. I'm not going to, about the NFL and uh, putting stupid stickers on the backs of helmets like end racism or whatever little little sayings they have uh, as part of the the uh, the sell-off the sell-out the the uh, league did with the black lives matter types other sayings would have been it takes all of us or stop hate black lives matter uh, blah 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 and a whole lot of whining about how colin kaepernick was just blackballed and how, you know, again, that was a power grab. And unfortunately, the NFL really went into that too much. NFL should have stuck to football. And its ratings may never recover fully. It'll take a long time. But only if the NFL is smart enough to realize to stop embracing this left-wing garbage, my friends. And that would be my advice to Roger Goodell. That would be my main piece of advice to anybody in charge in the NFL. Stop embracing this left-wing clap-trap garbage. It's football. If you want to be successful at your business, I know one rule that no one can deny. Yes, you have to be excellent at what you do. You have to strive. You have to work hard. You never have, to, you never have time to take 
uh, take a break and, and coast. But keep your core product, your core product. People don't go to Ford.com or Chevrolet or GMC.com or Audi.com or any other car company if, if, if they want to shop for groceries. They're looking at car and truck prices. If you're a car company, you make the best cars you can. You have the best service warranty, etc., etc. You focus on that. The NFL is about football. And so many Americans love that sport. Same with college football. Keep the main thing the main thing. That should be the main thing. That's from an old a preacher who preached at a church, a, a non-denominational Christian church I used to attend. He was a great preacher. But he really always talked about the basics. Stick with the basics, right? If you get rich by opening a, a burger shop that makes phenomenal burgers because the meat is fresh, it's cooked properly, you have uh, a clean facility, great service, great prices, great atmosphere, your fries are, are awesome, everything you have is, is made as fresh as you can, made to order, why would you go away from that? You wouldn't. You might try to expand your menu menu a little bit, but basically you're going to stick to the to basic stuff and you'll be a success as long as you have good business sense, you don't trust the wrong people, etc., etc. There's a lot to running a business, but that's what the NFL and especially the NBA Major League Baseball, I'm not going to say the NHL because they basically have not gotten involved in a racial BS like the others. Stick to what you do. You don't need the agitators writing your material for you or pissing off two-thirds of your fan base. That's how big business goes under many times. They stop doing what they've always done. What's the old expression about the dance? That's right. You dance with the one that brung you. Amen. Now let's go to uh, a story about an MMA fighter who is, uh, well, I got to say, I, I admire his courage. But the man is uh, 39 years old. And uh, I don't know if I would be at 39. I'm past 39 now. But I don't know if I would be... Uh, fighting a much younger opponent in MM, in an MMA fight. Uh, but this uh, gentleman's name is Tyron Woodley. And this story is from the undefeated, kind of the ESPN's version of uh, The Root. Not as bad, but uh, it's kind of that same road. I just want to talk about this a little bit. Not the fight, who cares? He's fighting Logan Paul, uh, who's... Again, he's a very polarizing figure, very popular. He's made himself popular. Uh, but if you look at this story, it, it's a classic example of what the media does and the left does especially. They never let a narrative die, no matter how, how clearly, how clearly and concisely that narrative may be completely destroyed. They never abandon it. Talk about sticking to what brought you. Uh, but this gentleman is 39. He's fighting this guy, Logan Paul, in an MMA fight. And again, 39 is very old to be fighting. 
in, in this type of professional fight. But he is from Ferguson, Missouri. And this story goes from being a piece about this 39-year-old man who's still willing to get in the ring and fight in an MMA event. But here we go with the bias. See if you can spot the bias here. Woodley grew up in Ferguson, Missouri with 12, 12 brothers and sisters. He played football. He wrestled in high school, winning the state wrestling championship in 2000, which led to several college scholarship offers. Woodley accepted the offer to attend the University of Missouri, but before embarking on his college wrestling career and living through the racial unrest in his hometown that drew national attention in 2014, Woodley experienced many of the same racial profiling issues that several Ferguson residents have reported. Woodley said he has been pulled over for, quote, driving while black and harassed by police. He said he's seen friends beaten by police. I don't know if that's true or not. What is driving while black? Let me, let me clue you in. If you get pulled over for speeding, if you're going down the interstate, for instance, and there's a police officer on the other side of the hill with his radar gun, and you're going a little too fast, there's a good chance you'll get pulled over. But when that officer looks at that radar gun and sees how fast you're going, you're not even even with it. You're, you're well, well away. You think he can really see what color you are when he says, oh, 78 miles an hour, I'm going to pull this person over. No, they don't know what color you are, what gender. They don't know if you're wearing a hat. They don't know any of that stuff. Even if they stood by their car and watched you go by, they might not know these things. So th this claim of driving while black is a very convenient thing that we hear a lot about. It's also largely BS. They're judging you by behavior, in that case, speeding. Maybe if you have an expired tag or you don't have a tag at all, they're probably not going to see your color either. But if they do or don't, you'll get pulled over, not for being black or for being white or why ever, because your tag's expired or your inspection sticker is, is expired, you're going to be pulled over. And yeah, it is harassing, I guess, to pull somebody over. I mean, you make them stop what they're doing. Fact is, most people get pulled over for small things. And many, many times, I'd guarantee you, probably three-quarters of the time, the officer doesn't know the color of the person driving. Again, it's a narrative that the media continues to prop up. And the media should be more responsible. Instead of throwing him out there like, yeah, everyone knows this happens. And as far as him saying he's seen friends beaten by police, again, Give me some specifics. Some people get their ass beat by police because they resist arrest, because they refuse to get out of the car, because they refuse to show their hands, because they will not cooperate, they will not listen, they will not comply with the simplest of requests by the officer. And yes, some people resist arrest when the officer said you're under arrest, put your hands behind your back, and you don't, you're struggling with them, yeah. You might get into a physical confrontation at that point, and that's your fault. And, yeah, there are some officers who should not be officers. I think it's a vast minority of officers that fit that description. 
But again, these are things the media just lets let's get thrown out there without any any necessity to support that. And that's unfortunate. When you're talking about interactions between two people that you did not see, you need some background before you just throw it to one side and say they must be right. And the implication here is that he's correct in what he's saying. Uh, Woodley said, you can't get away from being racially profiled in Ferguson. For me, it was how I responded. My mom did a really good job of instilling values and self-worth self in me and my brothers and sisters. No one could tell me that I'm inferior. Well, that's good for you. It sounds like your mother did a good job. The fact is, if you comply with police, you're not going to have a problem about 99.9% .9 of the time. And if you do have a problem, you're not going to beat that officer there. You can beat him in a court of law. And you have that right and you should exercise it. You're benefiting the whole of society. If you're uh, treated poorly by a police officer and you take it to court and you win and that officer is reprimanded, retrained, fired, whatever, you've done a good thing. Not a bad thing. But this narrative that cops are overwhelmingly out there to get black people. What did somebody say just the other day? Uh, that... Uh, they're still just mowing, cops are just mowing black men down in the street. Complete and utter bullshit. And then they get to referencing the Michael Brown shooting, of course. Uh, in this paragraph, unrested Ferguson followed the day after August 9th, 2014, when white police officer Darren Wilson shot and killed an 18-year-old resident, Michael Brown. The shooting and protests brought national attention to the shooting of unarmed black men by law enforcement and the relationship between police and black communities they serve. What did they not do in that paragraph? They basically regurgitated the Black Lives Matter narrative. That Darren Wilson, the, the initial story was that Darren Wilson, Darren Wilson, the officer, who had his career ruined, by the way, had, was not justified. He just started a fight, basically. Pulled over uh, Michael Brown for no reason. He was walking down the street. The cops started harassing him, and the cop basically just shot him in cold blood. Well, the truth was, there was videotape of Michael Brown physically assaulting a store clerk who was trying to prevent him from stealing from his store. That, uh, that offense was called in by the man. Michael Brown fit a description. Officer Wilson saw him, tried to, to talk to him. Uh, that didn't go well. Darren Wilson was attacked by Michael Brown. He tried to steal his firearm. Multiple black witnesses testified to this, folks. And eventually he struck Officer Wilson. There was a fight. And then later, after Wilson had continued to try to apprehend this violent person, he was charged and had to use his firearm in self-defense and killed Michael Brown. And understand, the DA cleared the officer. The police department of Ferguson cleared the officer. Everyone cleared the officer, including the Obama Justice Department, said he was absolutely justified in his actions. Yet still, we're writing things in, in, and this is an, uh, kind of an opinion piece in the undefeated.com. 
but it's a story more about a man who's 39 fighting in the MMA. And because he's from Ferguson, Missouri, we have to go back and, and reissue that false narrative about Michael Brown being an innocent 18-year-old boy just eager to go to college who just was shot for no reason by a police officer when the facts are very clear. That's completely irresponsible uh, use of, quote, journalism. It's indefensible, really. It is. But we see it all the time from the media. They just continue to ignore facts. They don't, they don't say, well, this is a fact. This happened. But the implication is there. And that's, that's really despicable, quite frankly. And, uh, again, this is sort of an opinion piece uh, from the undefeated by Branson Wright. And really, again, irresponsible to uh, just let it slide and let it go without challenging it or presenting any facts about uh, the Michael Brown events around him. And now let's get to the last story of the day, one that has me truly sad, truly, truly sad. And it, it feels like getting kicked in the gut, stories like this. So if you're familiar with all with Atlanta, Georgia, uh, there's a very famous, very old cemetery there, very large cemetery, Oakland Park Cemetery. And I visited there in... 97 and uh, again very old very say prestigious but a very large cemetery many many famous people buried there and the one thing that stuck in my mind that was one of the most beautiful monuments uh, sculptures that I've ever seen in my life was a monument to several thousand unknown Confederate soldiers who are interred at uh, Oakland Cemetery. And it is called the Lion of the Confederacy. And the, the monument is, is of a lion who is holding or who has his paws wrapped around a flagstaff with the, with the Army of Northern Virginia battle flag, which also known more 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 well known as the confederate battle flag um and he has been mortally wounded in battle and it was put there to honor these unknown soldiers of the confederacy nothing really political about that that's just a monument in a cemetery to again several thousand young men who gave their lives in battle in a terrible war and it's uh, incredibly beautiful, incredibly, incredible art. I mean, to me, if you if you look at what I call art, the most awesome things that are artistic to me are, are sculptures. See, if you go to Lexington, Virginia, and you see uh, the Lee monument, the Lee uh, where Lee is buried underneath, uh, underneath the. Uh, uh, Washington Lee College. Forget my brain went off there. Uh, it's it's called Lee in Repose, and he's there, laid out, and with his arms folded over his chest. And incredible artwork to to make the man come to life out of marble, 
And last time I was there, I don't think it's that case anymore. There were actual battle flags from the Army in Northern Virginia that Lee commanded around there up on the walls. I think those have been removed because snowflakes. But incredible artwork. And absolutely incredible. The Line of Confederacy is like that. And this past year, uh, 2020 mainly, I suppose, multiple, multiple times, miscreants and uh, sorry, sorry, waste of human skin saw fit to desecrate the line of the Confederacy and thus desecrate the, the, the last resting place of these soldiers. And in effect, to me, when you do that to a, a military monument, especially in a cemetery where soldiers are buried, what you're doing, to me, equates with spitting on those soldiers. And in this case, being a person who had a lot of relatives from the Atlanta area and having ancestors who, uh, you know, the uh, 61st Georgia Regiment, I'm sorry, 63rd Georgia Regiment. I had a great-great-grandfather that served who was wounded at Kennesaw Mountain. I had another great-great-grandfather, William A. Allen, who was a, a first lieutenant in the 56th Georgia Company G. He was shot in the eye at Vicksburg. He was captured. He was taken to uh, a quite horrific Union prison camp. He lost his eye, obviously, in the Battle of Vicksburg. That's where he was wounded. He was, uh, upon release, went back and served again. And I, I imagine was paroled at the end of the war. You're looking at people like that who are my blood family. And were, by all indications, good people. Who went and fought. And I have relatives in other Georgia regiments as well. So when you're talking about the Atlanta area, which is where my family came from, there's a really good chance some of these soldiers might be people who serve with my family, maybe a family member that no one knows what happened to them. So that hits close to home for me. When you trash my family, imagine the feeling you had if you were visiting a, a grave of someone that you never knew, but they were your ancestor and you heard stories about them and uh, you, you have that family tie to them and you appreciate the life they lived and you appreciate them as being an ancestor, even though they came long before you. Imagine if you saw someone walk up and spit on that grave there's a really good chance you would want to uh, you would you might want to embrace the path of violence very quickly. It is a despicable act. It is cowardly. It is as base and ugly uh, and again despicable and cowardly as it can be. And it is made to anger, it is made to enrage, it is made to uh, to in this case, call your ancestors trash. And when you've studied the war between the states, as I have, and you've read and understood the letters home 
by Confederate soldiers, by Union soldiers. There's been books written about it. Uh, one is uh, a really famous book, and an excellent book. It's called Why They Fought. And it looks at letters from Union and Confederate soldiers, and slavery is barely mentioned by any of them. Those boys out there in gray and blue weren't fighting. They were fighting for what they thought was right for the country. One side thought the Union was perpetual, that you could not leave, you could not secede. You had to, you had to stay in that Union you had joined when you ratified the Constitution. The other side th thought that you're on our homeland. Why are you here? You're here trying to force us to go back to where we don't want to be. We don't want to be in that union anymore. We want our own destiny. And we have a right. That was the basic premise of most of the letters. Of course, you get the references to, you know, give my sister a kiss. I miss mama. I miss, uh, I miss dad. I miss whoever. Wish I could be there. They would tell stories of the war, what they ate, the conditions, etc. But the reasons they were fighting were overwhelmingly not to do with anything to do with slavery. Sadly, too many people have, have put that narrative down to the point where it's it's hard to even get an audience anymore to, to listen to you when you talk about the numerous causes and the complexities of why the war happened. And then you try to separate, delineate that from why soldiers fall. And anything that dishonors soldiers is again I, I cannot I cannot find the words to sh to tell you how despicable that is and again the multiple times this monument has been defaced and desecrated and thus the graves of those men have been desecrated and instead of coming down and cracking down and not allowing it, convicting people, prosecuting them for, de for desecrating a memorial, they let these people go, they make excuses for them, and then they, they say, well, we have to move this monument to protect it. I'm sure it will be moved, it is going to be, but will it ever see the light of day again? Or will it be stashed away in a corner of some museum somewhere? And let's face it, if you don't prosecute people for desecrating that memorial there in a cemetery, in a very proper, fitting, and somber setting, you're not going to be able to protect it anywhere. But that's where we are in America. We don't punish vandals and, and people like that anymore who desecrate memorials. We excuse what they do. We coddle them. And then we take that beautiful piece of art and that incredibly meaningful memorial, that monument, and we hide it away or we remove it. You take it away from the people it means so much to. And that's a frightening, frightening look at the future of America if that trend continues because that trend will not get better. It will get worse. And one day when we see the Jefferson Memorial torn down, the Lincoln Memorial, who knows what else? The gravesite of any U.S. president, any general, Eisenhower, 
Patton, MacArthur, whoever. Schwarzkopf, it doesn't matter. Any military unit, the 82nd Airborne, you can go to any length. And you have to understand the left will go there. Because we're not punishing the people who are doing this. And there's a little news story here uh, about it. And I want you to hear this and uh, what they're doing in the words of the city councilwoman who's basically apologizing that she just can't have it destroyed. Uh, truly, truly disturbing, my friends. Uh, so take a listen to this and I'll come back with some final thoughts and uh, sign out for, uh, for this, uh, this day. So here you go. This is from Atlanta News Station. I believe it's Channel 11. But uh, take a listen, my friends. The Lion of the Confederacy statue actually is going to be getting a new home soon. This is in an effort to protect it. Atlanta City Council voted Monday to take the statue out of Oakland Cemetery, where it has stood for nearly 130 years. The Atlanta Ladies Memorial Association constructed this monument and dedicated it to the unknown Confederate soldiers. It has been defaced now multiple times, and the city says now is the time to try and preserve it. Our history cannot be rewritten. We need to know our history, as they say, so that we don't repeat it. But the city has taken great pains to distance itself from that hateful narrative that is so associated with the Confederacy. State law would have to change and it would take the people of our state to rise up and to demand that these kinds of markers be removed. But at the current uh, time, this is the best that we can do. Councilwoman Natalie Archibong says this monument is going to be moved in the next 30 days or so. That move is going to put taxpayers back, though, about $30,000. Uh, so there you go, my friend. There's the little news story they did on it. And uh, the city councilwoman who, uh, again, sounds, sounds regretful. She sounds like she's almost trying to apologize that they're protecting this, this work of art and this uh, uh, very very moving piece and that's the sad part here is that this is what happens when you have a decades-long campaign now by the left to take everything affiliated with the confederacy of the south and demean it debase it lie about it exaggerate about it and this is what you get and this is what's Understand something, the left went there first. That's a very easy target because the, the, the teaching so often has been the war was all about slavery, only about slavery, solely about slavery. So the South had to be bad. And I said 20, 25 years ago, I said this will not stop with uh, banning this band of this high school playing Dixie. It won't st stop with taking down flags. It won't stop with that. It'll get to the point where everything affiliated with the South Confederacy is totally taken away. And then they will really start to hammer on Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, all the U.S., any, any iconic American figure. 
yes, they started with Davis and Lee and Stewart and Jackson and Longstreet and others, but they didn't stop there. The plan was never to stop. Now they can really focus on Washington, Jefferson, Franklin, Adams, Mason, Madison, and keep going and going and going. Any iconic American figure is in the crosshairs now. We saw it last year. We saw, for God's sake, a monument to 54th Massachusetts desecrated. This despicable act of hatred. And really, consider that was a regiment of free blacks who were fighting the Confederacy, who were fighting for their own freedom at that point in the war. Consider the people who are supposed to be woke and not see race and concerned with minority issues, trying to desecrate a monument to the 54th Massachusetts. That exposed more than anything, better than anything, the lesser agenda. The target is America. It always has been. Again, the target is America. Our values, our principles, our history, our heritage, our culture, everything. Everything. This isn't a war about opinions. This isn't a war, uh, ideological war about uh, which side was right in a war. This has always been the left trying to eradicate this nation, my friends. Understand that. Never forget that. <clears throat> if you don't believe me, just take a few moments and reflect. And ask yourself, if you wanted to destroy a country, how would you do it? And then consider what the left's been doing to varying degrees the past few decades. Consider it. What would you do to destroy a country? You'd attack the language, the borders, the culture, the history, the icons. You would try to rewrite the history of the country. You would demean every person affiliated with founding the country. You would attack everything, the economic system. You would call it immoral and greedy. You would pit the haves against the have-nots. You would pick, pick. Uh, you would uh, depict that all the races had to be against each other because of oppression, and of course you'd start with the the dominant race. You'd start with white men, then you move to this white people, and then you begin to move against other groups, and the groups you've created to attack this group then would be moved to identities. Everybody would be their own little group. And you would galvanize them to believe that group was everything about them and that they must defend it because they're being attacked because America's bad. And you would therefore divide and divide and divide the people of the country. Everything we've seen happening over the past 30 years or more, that is how you destroy a country. The less been doing it. And until everyone wakes up and realizes it, we're not going to fix it and we're not going to stop it. This is about something bigger than 
honoring soldiers or heroes or presidents. It's about fighting for your country. It's that simple. And just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not complicated at the same time. Understand something. The left will never stop. They'll never stop. They'll change tactics. They'll emphasize this, de-emphasize that for a while, bring this back, put this on the back burner, put this on the front burner, but they'll never stop. They'll never stop. And they're teaching their values, their tactics to students all across college campuses all across this country and in high school and in junior high. They're teaching it through a news media that is as left-wing as it gets. They're teaching it as fact. And in all those teachings, there's one common message. There's two words long. America, bad. Yes, it's simplistic. But they continue to teach it continue to push it and they're not going to stop don't forget that folks this this isn't about uh, you or me or a monument somewhere or a flag ultimately it's about the survival of this nation and you better wake up and understand the enemy we have is a devoted fanatical uh And deeply religious because leftism is a religion. And it's a movement very united in one goal. Taking this country out. Because with no America, liberty, constitutional republics, freedom, democracy, you name it, they're all done. We're the linchpin. We're the one piece in the game they're playing that if we are taken out, it's game over. And we better realize it. We better start sticking together. Christians, conservatives, Republicans, forget about fiscal conservative, social conservative, forget about all that. And yes, liberals too. Because liberals should know what this is about and I talked about Bill Moore yesterday on this show about how he gets it and some other people get it in the entertainment world we need a lot more to get it this is about erasing this country and and replacing it with something that won't be the shining city on the hill it won't be the beacon of hope across the globe it won't be the force for good anymore It'll basically be the new headstone on the ideal of individualism, God-given natural rights, self-determination, self-defense, the right to run your home as you see fit, the right for laws to be just, the right to be presumed innocent until proven guilty. Every Every belief and value that went into founding this country will be gone. 
and it will be, again, game over for mankind. Yes, it is that serious. Thank you for listening, my friends. I do appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Remember, Labor Day is uh, another day to get drunk, right? <laughs> no, spend time with family. Have some fun. Relax. But understand the importance of the battle we're in. And let me tell you, you're in the battle whether you realize it or not. Because no one's set fire to your barn yet doesn't mean they're not coming to do it at some point. And the barns of America, folks, are metaphorically speaking on fire. Fight back. Stop moving backwards. Stand up for your rights, my friends. God bless you for listening. Thank you very much. No financial stuff. If you want to donate, I appreciate it. This isn't the day for it. Thank you for for all the uh, uh, all the people listen. I do appreciate it. Tell your friends. Let's get more people listening. Not to make me more successful or, or richer or whatever. Let's do it for this country. For the ideal of natural rights and liberty. How about that? Again, remember the three golden rules of life, my friends. God bless America. If you're left, you just ain't right. And yeah, go Gators. God bless y'all. Take care. Be good to each other. Take your vitamins. Say your prayers. All that fun stuff. And if you get a chance to annoy a, a leftist, take advantage, folks. It can be very relaxing. Take care, my friends. God bless you. We'll talk to you a uh, couple days. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Tomorrow's a day off for me and my mouth. Thank you very much, my friends. Love you all. Take care.